0: This up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. (laughs) (laughs) Hello,
1: hello, hello, everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy today because we've got oh. a new segment alert. Woo, 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 woo. New segment, is that guys. Woo, 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 woo. It is now. Because, yep, you know, here at the Fred's Talking Fantasy podcast, we're always putting our heads down, thinking of how to deliver the freshest hottest fantasy content out there to you guys and, and all these new different ways in which we can do that and well we think we've come up with yet another winning idea for a
0: segment here is that Ooh. right doing yes we do and I'm super excited to get into this idea fresh out of the FTF lab where <laughs> all these ideas are yeah. spawned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The FTF lab looks like all the other FTF stuff, which is mostly a Zoom call and occasionally text right. message exchanges. Yeah. But yeah, this is we cooked this one up in the lab and we've got some exciting stuff with fantasy spin-offs for everyone here, Charles. Oh. Would you like to introduce oh. the Segment and what folks can expect. Yes, so fantasy
1: spinoffs. I mean, guys, this is exciting. We're 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 going back to some of our favorite trilogies, some of the most popular fantasy Ooh. series in the game, and we're looking for new perspectives in those stories. And we're basically pitching. Like, what would be our, you know, ideal or an interesting idea for a spinoff of a popular fantasy series? And I know we've got two series in mind today, and I'm just going to say, we're going to start out big with the Lord of the Rings, guys. Lord of the Ooh. Rings spinoff, we're talking about it today. And then we've got another one cooking up, right? Doing a, another one of the series near and dear to our hearts and to the hearts of many, many fantasy fans out there in the world.
0: Yes, it'll be the Kingkiller Chronicle oh. by Patrick Rothfuss that we'll get wow. into afterwards. So the way that we're going to do this is when we're talking about the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. we will not hold back from having Lord of the Rings spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be... Yeah, we just don't want to constrain <laughs> the conversation. No. And it's hard to do this spin-off question in detail without letting ourselves just talk about the things that happened in mm-hmm. that story. So if you do not want to have Lord of the Rings spoiled for you, then now is a good time to turn this down in your headphones. Well said. We will yeah, after we're done talking about Charles's idea for a Lord of the Rings spin-off, which I haven't heard yet, by the way, so I have no, no. idea what's coming. No. Uh, Charles knows exactly what I'm going to say for the geek <laughs> Chronicle. <laughs> yeah, but, but so I... do you, dear listener, probably but <laughs>
1: Right. I I'm still yeah. excited to see where you're gonna go with it, you know. It's the it's the execution of the idea that I have not heard yet and I'm excited to, to hear you talk about when we get to King Killer, but yeah. as you mentioned, Dylan, we're starting with Lord of the Rings. Yes. And
0: I want to give a heads up that during the first, let's say, half of this podcast, Mm -hmm. while we're talking about the Lord of the Rings, we will not spoil anything from the Kingkiller Chronicle. And when we transition toward talking about the Kingkiller Chronicle, then I will give you a heads up and say, hey, we're getting into the Kingkiller Chronicle now and it's a good time to turn this down. Your headphones don't want that spoiled, but don't worry yet. If you're worried about that, because we've got some great Lord of the Rings talk to get through before we get into the Kingkiller Chronicle. You'll be warned. You will be warned.
1: If you're excited to listen to a spinoff idea for Lord of the Rings and you have not read Kingkiller, you're in the right place. Yes. Guys, you are in the right place and you will get plenty of warning before we get into all the delicious spoilers of King Killer Chronicles but for now let's not delay any longer and let's, let's get in, let, and let's get into the spin-off idea now Dylan <laughs> the Lord of the Rings right I mean that's yes. the Lord of the Rings it's one of it's the most famous work <laughs> of fantasy there is it is the genesis of modern fantasy it's one of the most influential works of fantasy ever written and mm-hmm. i think we, we've come so far i think and we're now in a, a modern age and we're looking back on the lord of the rings and we still love the lord of the rings of course but there's many things about it that we want to you know, that we would be interested to see brought into the 21st century and what better way to bring Lord of the Rings into the modern era and to introduce it to modern trends and fantasy, modern like tastes in fantasy, then a good old fashioned spin off. And Old fashioned. Old fashioned spin off. <laughs> and One of the things that I always think about with The Lord of the Rings is like, oh, everyone is the most legendary version of their race and they have the most Mm. legendary weapons and they're fighting the most legendary villains. You know, it's 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 a lot. Right. And it's epic, which is fantastic. But the spinoff. Right. I think the magic, the charm of a spinoff is that we can tell a smaller, more focused story, a more humble story with a more humble character. And honestly, I'm pitching we get we we write whole new characters set at the same time as the Lord of the Rings trilogy is going on and we get a new perspective of how these huge sweeping characters that, you know, change the shape of the world affect the Common Man. I'm thinking, imagine like Ooh. a saga-like story that takes place in saga a Saga lo- Comics. Saga I, Comics. I, uh, yes. Which is I, sci-fi I, uh, fantasy. Brian K. Yeah, Vaughn, Greg Fiona Link. Staples. Yes. Which we love. And that's, that's a story, story about family that takes place in like a Star Wars world, essentially. And, But that's very oversimplifying it. But just to get you <laughs> an idea of what's going on. Yeah. And so this would be like a family in a Lord of the Rings style world. So they're not like trying to throw the ring into Mount Doom or anything. They're just trying to survive. And there's orcs running around and goblins running around. There's like elves and men and dwarves running around. And they're just trying to find peace and a home in this chaos. And I think it would be funny to have these like spotlight scenes you pull in some of the a-list cast but yes they bring armies with them but they like uproot these families lives and cause them to have to move it's like oh we have to go to helms deep now or you're all gonna die and then they're in helms deep and they're like we're gonna die now this is crazy why do we ever come here you know and and then they go to you know gondor and, and things like that and we get to see this human side of it we get a modern perspective and we get a new perspective of Of a family we we can get you know children husbands wives whatever and just see a whole see the same story but through a whole new lens and to me i think that would be super super interesting to get a new perspective on the same story where it's like oh you kind of know where we are in the timeline from choice scenes that we recognize from the original trilogy but we're getting it told in an entirely new perspective. And I just think that would be
0: fresh and exciting. I'm really interested by this idea, Charles, because it appeals to... And yeah, good on you for thinking about it. I can tell that saga inspiration is near and oh, yes. dear to your heart. and mm-hmm. now you know it is to mine, too. And I I like it. I think it's a... Yeah. It's an exciting idea for a few reasons. And the one that most appeals to me is, you know, I'm into these morally gray characters <laughs> yeah. and fleshing out the the depth of of these people that in lore of the rings oftentimes are just seen as all good just outright heroes mm-hmm. and i like th- how you could bring almost this more well-rounded view to characters that are extremely well established if you make the way that the heroes are interacting with this common family that you're mm-hmm. proposing would exist mm-hmm. actually make it seem like oh wow like aragorn has actually displaced this family yeah. or something yeah. like that, right? Like <laughs> right. he he did it for the right reasons. Of course he's just he's making Middle earth a better place. But for this particular family, all of his epic heroism just made them have to leave their home and adapt to a new environment. It's hard in all of these ways. And maybe they just hate him. (laughs) And you understand why they do, even though you also understand that if he didn't take those actions, he would be doing the wrong thing right, right. things like that yes, i think exactly. that's just super interesting and
1: maybe it's even like maybe aragon big times them a little bit more than that maybe it's like a sergeant <laughs> who's like oh like the king of men has returned and he Decrees that we must all like march this way, and you're like, who is this guy? Like, because there, there's <laughs> king <they're>, of men. <laughs> yeah, because he's like I've never seen him. I don't know who he is. He's, he's like, I didn't. It's like I didn't vote for him. Like Monty Python. It's like you don't vote for kings. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's it would be something like that maybe, and then you spice in a few appearances. But I almost like the idea of the implication of. Uh, these characters, these main characters—Gandalf, Aragorn, Boromir, whoever—are affecting them, but you see it almost like as a almost like a reactionary effect, right. where it's like, oh, because they did this, that means we have to do this, and we don't even know who they are, right? And they don't know who we are, and it's this interesting cause and effect relationship in the lord of the rings universe and we get to see all kinds of cool things along the way and we could even see the return we could bring more characterization to the ruffians still the ruffians oh, no. can make an appearance and they're gonna be extra you know ruffian but we'll understand why maybe one of these characters acts like a ruffian i don't know <laughs> Josh, we... this is such
0: a deep cut
1: <laughs> FTF
0: lore yeah you have to go back like a hundred episodes com, yes <laughs> yeah it's like go back to our Lord of the Rings buddy read episode for what was it Return of the King I guess mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. had to be right and you'll hear Dylan be at wit's end with that the ruffian aspect at the end of the entire trilogy that feels tacked on to him right yeah the, I I doubt. I actually wonder how many of our listeners, even who like are well acquainted with Lord of the Rings, are, like how like know the the reference to the ruffian part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a deep, deep cut. But <laughs> it's one that you know we can bring redemption to Lord of the Rings in a few ways w- yes. with this series. You know, and I, and, I, I yeah oh, go, go for it. Go no, you go for it. You go for it. I'm done.
0: Yeah, I I like the idea, too, with, with how Gandalf interacts with folks, because we get this sense in the Lord of the Rings, even just the books as they are, that the way that most people perceive Gandalf when he swings by town is like oh no yeah not this like that's
1: so true like denethor was like you think you bring wisdom all you do is bring trouble (laughs) like when you're here it just means we're gonna have to do stuff now and it's never good it's like we we have to like fight orakai now thanks a lot you know uh so it's true and that could be the theme of this of this story and it's told on the shoulder of the giant that is these characters in Lord of the Rings that are so virtuous and good that we all know and love and it's just unique opportunity to tell a smaller story about family and how potentially powerful figures that mean the best still have to make these decisions that they can't foresee every consequence and for that one person in a hundred it ends up being bad or whatever it is but i right. think there's a theme in there that is super interesting and then to to just point and be like oh i know where that is in the timeline of lord of the rings how fun i recognize that scene i recognize that character you know it could be it could be a good time
0: i think it could too i actually i'm really excited about this because it leans into the i think the kind of things that i'm interested in about the thing okay I I enjoy Lord of the Rings. I like mm-hmm. it. it's not my favorite series of right. all time by any means. I think a lot of the things that make it a lot of people's favorite series for good reasons, like really incredible world building and uh, these epic stakes of just good versus evil. They just don't lean as well into my subjective tastes as they mm-hmm. do into some others. Mm-hmm. And I think that this This gives us the chance, and I like more personal stories in a lot of ways, too, you know, where Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about the Kingkiller Chronicle, and that's a much more personal story than Lord of the Rings in so many ways. And I think that it it takes all these amazing aspects of Lord of the Rings, like the world building, and allows us to keep those while then moving us toward the ability to tell a more personal and intimate story in this incredible world yes. that J.R.R. Tolkien has crafted. And I love the idea of almost these cameos from yeah. people like Gandalf and Aragon and Boromir, or whoever else is, or Frodo shows up for a little yeah. bit, Sam, whatever. Right, right? Merry or they're Pippin not, maybe their story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not their story though, right. and that's what allows it to be so focused on this theoretical family or you could do you could do you could do a story about friendship or romance i know this isn't what you were pitching but yeah like i a mean romantic relationship or it, whatever like I'm a love story all a- of
1: it like I, the characters yeah. themselves that like we can get there but you sure. touched on the the reason why i pitched it this way because it's not so much about telling a story about a specific character as it is about taking lord of the rings And finding a way to tell that story and appreciate that stuff in the modern world for more modern audiences. Because I don't think you're alone when you read Lord of the Rings and you put respect on the name. That's another deep cut. Put respect on the name. And then you're like, but, you know, I've read Rothfuss. I've read Abercrombie. I've read Sanderson. And I just have a hard time looking back that far. And so this Mm. is like, hey, well, now... It's plopped right here in front of you. The The voice is, is very modern. And if you choose to tell a family story or a friendship story or something, um, it, it is. It, it, there's potential for all of it. And, and that's what's exciting to me. I think the more interesting thing is that it is a nuclear story in a world where there are epic characters. Yeah. And the epic characters are playing out in the background of the setting. Yeah. And you're like... Oh, that character is like charging out onto a field and shooting lightning, uh, shooting light out of a staff. Like that can only mean trouble for us, you know. Like you know something <laughs> like that. Or I had this thought just now, Dylan. How funny would it be if somehow these nuclear characters, or these these modest characters, get caught up in like a fancy banquet or something, and they're eating, and all of a sudden a character just starts singing. And they act confused. <laughs> they're and they're, so like, confused. they're like, what? You're singing? At the, we're in the middle of dinner. I have to stop eating now and listen to this? It's like, oh, it keeps going. It's in a language I, I don't it. understand. Like, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> It's like I, can't, like, I don't, I don't speak <laughs> Elvish. Uh, well, you know? <laughs> Just be the voice of the oh, audience, the amazing. voice of the readers. You know, it could be a cathartic experience for a lot of Lord of the Rings fans, too, I would think. So, yeah, that to me... It's an exciting idea, and if I was going to make a... That was why, for fantasy spinoffs, guys, first episode of the series, gotta start strong, Lord of the Rings. I think it's brilliant. That is,
0: I love it. (laughs) I just... Because, I I mean, that's the thing is I... It's like, you know, sometimes I talk about the world-building stuff like I don't like world-building. I love great world-building and things like that and great settings. I just think the thing that i don't like is when it is and this is just me personally it's okay like this world building for world building's sake Mm -hmm. and i think that all that world building has already been established so well by tolkien in so many different places that now we don't we can just use it as the background to this more intimate story I, i just love the idea of that catharsis of looking at <laughs> had these things through a more modern lens, right? And, oh God, it's it's so cool. I'm yeah, like, I, I also, love it. So what, just, Charles? Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I, I just also to build on that,
1: it's like I also love the idea, and I haven't read a lot of this in fantasy where there's heroes. But they're like setting; they're like forces of nature almost. And you're like, oh God, it's one of those hero characters coming through town. You know, it's like how many times in fantasy do you have like the King Arthur character come through, and then the peasants like trying to survive his shenanigans? You know, it's it's interesting, like the traditional protagonist of a fantasy story being an elemental force that has not always the most virtuistic. consequences in his actions, so it's just like what these characters leave in their wakes kind of which it would is the is the part of it that i also find to be incredibly interesting and what better characters to leave these wakes than like characters from lord of the rings like these are the most virtuistic yeah. world changing characters Basically, deity characters you can have. So that—that's the other like strength to the of this of this pitch. It's like that has that been done before? That's like exciting actually to to consider. Like what is a hero in a fantasy novel? It's like it's a. It, now it's I'm upset very no one's
0: doing this, Charles. <laughs> I, so because I, I'm like now this exists in my head as a thing that could be, and I'm like, this is your brainchild, Charles. How do you make it actually something? possible i don't know probably not feasible for us but <laughs> i that acquire said, the licensing rights to tolkien's oh yeah <laughs> of course uh, we will just uh take that out of the ftf uh yeah. non-existent <laughs> funds right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. the i think that okay charles though this this is very far away from having the chance of being reality if it were to become a reality mm-hmm. would you want it Book form, TV form. Uh, oh. would you want it on the big screen? Would you what are you imagining? Mini series. What are you imagining here?
1: I mean multimedia phenomenon would be wow. ideal, but I was thinking of these as books. I think they're too deep cut. Um, but movies would be interesting too. I mean, come on. The movies are iconic for Lord of the Rings. Um mini series, you know, I think that's a very modern form of delivering a fantasy story so it might fit really well juxtaposed against the kind of story it's trying to tell it's trying to be a modern story set in a old-timey world so um man that's tough because for me the issue with doing something that's on film is you'd have to show the characters and you could like digitally insert a face on someone but that always that never yeah, excites tough. me all the way. I'm like, oh, a digital face on a human's body. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, so maybe <laughs> I, it would be great as a book, and it would be great as a show too. It's just you gotta be mindful. Of, like, maybe you just only see like the back of Gandalf's like white head, and you're like, oh god, not him. You know, like you don't. You just see the silhouette. You know, the little pointy hat, and you're like, <gasps> oh no. Yeah. You never see the face. Like the kid goes, uh, there's ways to do it. I'm open to both. I was thinking book. But
0: it would be a great miniseries, too. Yeah, we tend to default to book on here anyway. Yeah, but I, I, yeah. yeah I think you're right about the, the idea of having to digitally render these characters or whatever. There mm-hmm. are things you could do as a fun way to play around with it. But to keep it realistic, and you have to be realistic about these things, as the great Logan Ninefingers from Joe Crombie's work likes to say, and I think being realistic about it, a book probably makes the most sense. But you know what, Charles? I would read it. I would I would definitely read it. I would I would read it too, you know? And it's got kind of me thinking
1: it doesn't even have to be Lord of the Rings. Just write a story about a character trying to live in a world where heroes are out there making all kinds of ruckus. <laughs> and it almost like lampoons the traditional fantasy story a little. I don't want it to be like over the top satirical. I do want it to I do want it to be a little more complicated than that, but yeah, I think it could be great.
0: Yeah. I think so too. I think that Saga Comics is a great model for it. And if y'all haven't gotten the chance to check that out, it's highly recommended from both of us. (laughs) Yes. And I think that it's, yeah, I I think it's something, I don't know, we can save it for our next Friends Creating Fantasy there, Charles, (laughs) if we get the right opportunity to, because it does it, you're right, it does I think it is added to by having these iconic Lord of the Rings characters yes. actually there in the because sure. it's like it's like I don't know, these characters iconic is the only word I keep circling back to. Mm. It's like you see Gandalf and it's Gandalf and that's right. so much more than right. you could do with just a and, wizard that's yeah. a Gandalf type. And you
1: know so much more about the backstory. Like anyone that knows the story of the Lord of the Rings would be like, "Oh, well, I know they did that." for virtuistic good reasons and i know that whole story there's some magic to knowing the whole story i'm doing that in air quotes like the main story with these heroes the epic quest and then seeing like the modern smaller tale being told in the backdrop of the epic quest going on tangentially at the same time you know so having an established work like lord of the rings helps in establishing that very quickly you don't have to write a whole backstory it's there already
0: right and in a different way that kind of reminds me of some of what we see from joe abercrombie's standalones right and and we won't spoil anything or go into detail about but there are some ways in which characters from the original trilogy it's in the same world so it's right. not shocking that characters from the sa- the original trilogy might show up in some ways either play bigger roles in the standalone than they played in the original trilogy or play smaller roles and you kind of have this overarching world that you feel like you know the people and the characters and what's going on for them and even if you just see a glimpse of them you're kind of like oh that's what's going on behind the scenes right, here right. and there's something special about i just always get a i don't know how to describe it there's just like something fulfilling about the idea right. of like oh i kind of know what's going on in that guy's head even if i'm not in yeah. his point of view
1: yeah abercrombie's way of world building through these standalones is certainly an inspiration for this story that's uh well said it, it it's it's a unique way in which you use or don't use or mention or don't mention certain right. characters after reading a whole trilogy that adds a little bit of these Easter egg moments that improve the experience of the story and that's what going through a story like Lord of the Rings would deliver value to the story that the spin-off that I'm pitching right now. that's well said.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, Charles. This is this has me really excited, and honestly, a little bit insecure about my own because <laughs> I don't have some cool, amazing pitch for this. I, like you, I don't know, Charles. You were like stepping up in front of Hollywood execs or whatever, yeah. being like, "Let me tell you my amazing pitch for a Lord of the Rings. It could be then miniseries or whatever." And you had this whole thing prepared, and mine is just like. Hey Dylan, what what do you want? And I just was like, I know. But if I didn't like it, prepare <laughs> some right. sort of big thing. But if we're are you feeling good on, on yours, Charles? I'm feeling and
1: great. You know, I'm excited to get into yours. You're trying to downplay it, but this is one that I also feel very strongly about. And before we okay. get into it, I think it's time for yeah. that disclaimer.
0: Right. Yeah. So we're gonna get into my idea, which is for The Kingkiller Chronicle by Patrick Rothfuss. If you haven't yet read The Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear, then it's possible that we're going to spoil stuff as we talk about this. It's very probable, in fact. So from here on out, you've been warned that there will be spoilers for The Kingkiller Chronicle. And if you don't want that to happen to you... Then now is a good time to turn this down in your headphones.
1: Well said. And if you've listened up to now and we're parting ways, thank you for listening. And uh, check us out on Twitter at the FDF Podcast with a number one at <laughs> the end. Yeah. And um, goodbye. But for those of you sticking around, welcome. Uh, we are getting into spoilers now for the King Killer Chronicle. So, Dylan, let us not delay. <laughs> any longer come out and say it what is your proposed
0: King Killer spin spinoff idea I think I already talked about sorry this is probably not good but <laughs> I, I think I talked about it a little bit in the 100th episode and that kind of put the idea in our head and, and right. another I had a friend too uh, named Matt hi Matt hi Matt who yeah you know Matt yeah yes. So uh, <laughs> uh, he kind of brought up this idea of the spinoff thing and between those two things I was like Okay. I really, really would like a standalone story that is the King Killer Chronicle from Dena's point of view. Oh. This is gonna surprise no one. <laughs> I you said we talked so much about Denna on here. Yeah. So I uh, You're probably aware, unless this is, like, one of your earlier episodes listening to the FTF podcast or you haven't heard us talk about Kingkiller, one of my favorite characters in all fantasy is Denna, who is, as you know if you're a Kingkiller fan here, her quote's love interest is probably fair to say, even though not much of a romantic storyline has developed between them. There's obviously lots of, like, romantic and sexual tension between them, but nothing has really happened there right and Dena is one of the most controversial characters oh hmm. uh, can i say before i get into this yes i, I am already f- getting anxious about the backlash for like you're saying that uh you want another king Killer story and patrick hasn't even finished book three it's like okay in my head this is this is after Patrick has written all of the Kingkiller Chronicle and he's now like let me tell the story from another perspective mm-hmm. um, so with that uh, throat clearing out of the way Denna is one of the most
1: uh,
0: controversial characters in fantasy I would say just like it, when you <laughs> talk fantasy which we do hear a lot on Friends talking fantasy we sure it, do yes uh, you uh, uh, out if you talk about out in the twitter sphere or social media the name Dena immediately brings so many controversial opinions it's probably the thing we get the most feedback about i would say. is that fair to say that our Dena takes are the thing we get the most feedback about it, it definitely leads to
1: some of the more like in-depth conversations with fans that just like reach out to us we end up yeah. the ones that we talk to the most back and forth it's usually a king killer conversation usually a denna conversation i'd say that's fair
0: <laughs> yeah like we've gotten several emails about yeah denna in particular yeah <clears throat> we have moments where people see a denna episode and they are immediately like "Ooh, like what's going on here <laughs> so and they'll comment about it i and I, there are also people who love Dena, like myself and right. really have strong positive opinions about her and a lot of people who reach out do as well it's just this topic that is is a very tough one to or not tough one it's just a very controversial one and i think a lot of that comes from the fact that we don't see a lot of Dena's perspective in fact we see none of des perspective the whole thing is in quotes point of view and coat as we know has this very dare i say it crooked or skewed perspective you dared to say (laughs) i dared to say it yes we know denna has a crooked nose and quote when he's coat recalling it doesn't seem to mention that (laughs) when he's describing her and we have bast come in and say like oh she had a crooked nose and we get this sense that coat's perspective of denna might not be entirely accurate because he's a human with subjective biases and this is a person he has probably the strongest feelings for of anyone he discusses in his entire story. And When you're in your feelings about someone, like Code is about Denna, there are going to be a lot of ways in which you present a biased perspective of that person's story. And we know there's a lot when it comes to Denna that is going on behind the scenes for for her. One of the when they first start interacting, Coat and Denna, or at this point Quoth and Denna, have this moment where they're just like bonding. But there's also this piece of like, hey, we didn't talk to each other about our past at all because I got the sense from her that she has a really messed up past that she didn't want to talk about and she got the sense for me probably that i have a really messed up past Mm -hmm. that i don't want to talk about at all either and that is you know we've talked a lot in other episodes about the difficulty those two have with vulnerability but it also means that quoth at least to the point we've gotten to in the story so far has no idea what like what all the stuff that's happened to Denna was and how it's affected her and how it makes her show up in particular ways. And she's such a mystery for us at this point in the story. We just see her as this person who comes in and out of Quoth's life at seemingly random, but also seemingly suspicious uh, points. And we also get this sense that she, she parallels Quoth in a lot of ways. Yes. There's a lot of speculation, including yes, for myself, yes. that Denna is th- basically the... Like, a Quoth equivalent, but what happens when you're a girl and then a woman growing up in this world, which presents her with all sorts of difficulties that Quoth doesn't face, as well as a person who, for whatever reason, might have the Chandrian and the Amir kind of reversed what? from the yeah. way that Quoth sees it. So Quoth obviously had his parents killed by the Chandrian, and he has been seeking vengeance. And he gets a sense that there's people, the Amir, who oppose the Chandrian. Right. On the other side, we get the we get the sense that Denna's perspective from the song that she sings to Quoth actually paints the Chandrian in a more heroic light and that is very intriguing and you start thinking hey maybe dena has this whole backstory i mean almost definitely she has this whole backstory <laughs> yeah. that she's doing something
1: th- when quotes not right. thinking about her
0: <laughs> <laughs> well quotes thinking about her a lot but when quotes not near her she's definitely yes. doing something yes. we get these moments like when she, we see her she helps that in the wise man's fear. She helps that poor girl who's super down on her luck and she kind of yeah. gives her some hard truth talk like, hey, yeah, your situation sucks, but here's the reality. Here's what you're going to do and I'm going to help you. So like Den is out there being the hero of her own story. She's mm-hmm. doing some really, I, I think. You know, if we're being charitable to her and assuming that she's just helping a person for the sake of helping them and she's not some like evil person (laughs) behind the scenes, which I don't think she is, then like she's out there living her life. She's out there doing all these things and engaging in all these pursuits that are taking her coincidentally or maybe not to the same places as Quoth. And we just don't ever get to really know how she got there because – all we hear is "quote" side of the story. He's just like, oh, Dennis here. Like, that's great because I want to <laughs> yeah. interact with her. Right. And what is she doing? That's the question right. on my mind. Right. And she's such an interesting and complex and awesome character that I love reading about. And I just would love the opportunity to, to get her side of the story. And we, we'd also get the beautiful treat that would be... <laughs> Denna's perspective on Quoth. That's what I was going to say.
1: The beautiful yes. treat of s- someone like uh, observing Quoth without the the quote that we know, the way that yes. Quoth tells his own story about himself. Uh, we get to see that compared to what other people see when they look at Quoth. And I think that alone, if this was a book, Roth, this would... Like, nail these scenes of where Denno, yes. like sees quote for the first time. It's like, oh, this mousy kid is sitting here being really quiet. <laughs> and he's, like, z- blumbling over his words. And it, uh, he's ratty looking. And he's making all these mistakes. Yeah. He's kind of arrogant, kind of annoying. You know, yeah. like, these are the things that people would pick up on that we get we can like, extrapolate from what we know mm-hmm. about the way the story is being told and the unreliable narration and all that. But we get to see in all of its glory through the perspective of the character that perhaps gets to know, quote, uh, the most in depth, which is Denna. And in that's, some ways. In, in some ways. And that is... To me, the second half of this that makes this spin-off yes. so appealing. It's like, yes, we get to learn more about Denna and what she's doing. And there's so much potential for all the adventures that she could be going on. This whole She's absent for a lot of the story. So there's a whole lot of stuff that she can be doing. And then we also get rewarded with these moments of when, quote, suddenly, seemingly, randomly, pops into the picture yes and it's like oh like that's weird that he like hasn't come looking for me at all or hasn't asked about me or, or it's weird that he's been gone for so long like you know the same thoughts mirrored from another perspective has so much potential to be a rewarding experience for us King Killer fans right and I, I think this spinoff is a
0: fantastic idea thanks Charles yeah I think about all these moments where so all this denahate I think a lot of times comes from not all of it some of it uh and you it's okay if you hate denna we yes. we accept you anyway yes. uh we it's totally we fine don't yes we don't we don't hate denna we are big fans of denna but you can hate denna and it's cool so <laughs> the but i think a lot of the reason why there is hate for denna is because of these moments where we see Quoth searching for her and where is she and, and why is she always disappearing? And I'm spending so much time in Quoth's perspective and he's longing for her. Why can't she just be around? But when I, you know, I've read the series a couple times at this point and I've started to track the, like how often is Denna looking for Quoth ideas of things and or at least we don't know how often Denna' is looking for Quoth. That's part of what it would make the spinoff awesome. But we do know that Denna seems to find Quoth more often than Quoth seems to find Denna. Mm-hmm. And that and she says things that indicate that she's looking for him constantly and not finding him. And I feel like she might be looking for him even more than he is looking for her. Mm-hmm. And then we also get these moments with Denna where it's like she got stood up by Quoth on a date. Yes, that happened we're you know we're in quotes perspective and at least the way that that coat tells it it's like i saved this other woman from a fire and then i just got knocked out and i couldn't get to the date in time i aren't i such a tragic hero and we believe it i do think like i do think that's what happened and i I, you know i don't want to crap on quote i i i like quote a lot and i understand why he is the way he is mm. given all his traumatic experiences and i i like it but yeah. that being said it uh like there are these moments where we know quoth didn't show up for a date because he mm. was busy being a tragic hero yeah. and From Denna's perspective, she just got stood up. And I think that it's like, what does that do to our perception of Quoth when we're in Denna's perspective and she's just sitting there at this, wherever it was, like tavern, being like, I'm waiting for hours and this guy who keeps telling me how much he cares about me is not showing up. Mm. I just think that stuff is happening constantly and we don't, we know Quoth's side so well that we don't get what it would be like to be Denna interacting with Quoth. And I think right. that that other perspective from someone who's very, I think Denna's very insightful. I think she's mm-hmm. got a very good read on people. And I think she would just absolutely nail what Quoth is like in a way that, you know, if you're a fan of the Kingkiller Chronicle and you like Quoth's perspective, I think Denna's perspective would be similarly like poetic and witty and oh, yeah. all these things. It would just be another way to another perspective another person
1: it would be a really rewarding experience for us kinkler fans it would shed so much light on what's going on with this narration and what's going on in Quoth's head versus what's going on in Dennis's head and and just to get the other side of the story the story and what's happening at the same time you know back by, by the school or in this other land or you know who is her patron all these things that we might get to know more about that would recontextualize a lot of the king killer in, in a very insightful way and that to yeah. me is what would make a spin spinoff so fantastic then like you said Denna's a great character in my opinion i i really enjoy denna and i think her perspective would be such a unique voice in the king killer world it would be so different from quotes right. yet yet just as insightful and it, it would be like a whole new experience it would be so much fun and that excites me that's um why i think it's a great idea now would
0: definitely and we're thinking book for this right yeah, I was thinking a standalone book, but if there's enough story to tell, I would take at Rothfuss's current rate of writing. Um, mm-hmm. it, w- it would take some time to get out a whole new trilogy after he finishes the right. original Kingkiller Chronicle trilogy. So I almost, you know, <laughs> all of this is hypothetical anyway, but I just think if he could tell the story in a complete standalone, especially given that he's expecting that a lot of the background stuff that we would need to know folks already know right by nature of having read the king killer chronicle exactly uh, and yeah and i so I, i'm imagining a standalone book maybe a th- you know one of the Rothfuss style thousand plus page
1: uh, <laughs> standalone
0: <laughs> books or whatever right. but right. one book and just tell us the denna side of things i think a lot of the mysteries the of the genocide. king killer chronicle would be already solved the it's not like the plot is about like who is her patron like we're gonna i think right it would be like going by back by and identifying oh that
1: was a clue yes. back at that moment that was a clue right. when they were back in the name of the wind and saying these things or oh and then yeah. popped up in this scene it implied that she had just come from this thing oh yes like oh that's so interesting you know yeah like you said it recontextualizes these reveals that we're expecting from King Killer, and whether the theories that we have, you know, talked about, even in this episode of the Chandrian and the Amir, prove true or not, it's something we can then go back both through Quoth's perspective and Dena's spinoff perspective, and see how that was in the pages the whole time, and that would be a fun thing to read through as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, what is it like for Denna when she's sitting there watching Quoth break all those lute strings and then she's trying to figure out if she wants to chime in with her verse? And she's like, Is that the guy from the caravan thing? And she's working through all that. I just think it'd be so cool to see. I I mean, and some, and I guess that's part of what I'm trying to say is like, These overlapping moments, though they would be the exception, not the rule, in the same way that most of the Kingkiller Chronicle is, quote, story and Denna pops in from time to time. Mm -hmm. This Denna spinoff would be Denna's story, but the moments where they overlap, you'd get to see from Denna's perspective and get a whole new understanding of what that moment was like. Exactly. It's a different person, and they were on the other side of the thing that you... You only got Quoth's perspective. Right, and it's a way to introduce
1: new aspects of Dennis' character that Quoth was too... Um, self-indulgent to realize or preoccupied <laughs> to realize sure. whatever it is about "quote" that we can get and be like oh really Denna thinks that way like oh I didn't I that's not the story that's not the narrative we got from Quoth's side you know that this could be fun moments like that I'm also picturing the moment where she decides to buy Quoth the really expensive loot case oh. like that comes out of nowhere in Quote's yeah. perspective it's like oh this girl who oh will they won't they I can't tell if she's into me she's you know she disappears oh she shows up and gives me this really expensive gift you know like right we need the other side to that like that's an interesting idea where she's like oh it's kind of extravagant but you know i like him and he's worth it and he'd love it so Mm -hmm. much like all of these things and then you could just hear quotes like fumbling and closing it and she might not tell if he even likes it or not you know like these kind of like oh, which would be interesting I know it's, it's it's emotional but it's built on the on these scenes that Rothfuss had had written and it would bring some very insightful perspective into those moments and there's so many of these moments like you said that could benefit from the full picture and, yes. and yeah we get to see two well, we- sides of this love story versus one
0: Yes, and when we see, Charles, the, the loot case moment is such a great one to bring up. That's part <laughs> of why I'm glad we're doing spoilers here because, like, <laughs> uh, well, well, yeah. So the loot case thing, if you if you take Quoth at his word for how much that costs, which I do, uh, like, and how much of Dana's own money she must have thrown into that to make it mm-hmm. happen— you get this sense that, oh my god, she did this really amazing thing for him. But to see Dena from her own perspective, struggle to get all of that money, whatever she had to do, and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of it was very unpleasant for her, given the sense we get of like she, what she has to do to make money in this world. Like, she's uh, she's going around with all these dudes, some of which do not treat her well. And mm-hmm. I think that she's she just worked really hard to... To get all that money Mm -hmm. and to see her then spend it all on someone she cares about in quotes, I think we would get this whole other level of appreciation for her that is hard to achieve when you just don't see the process behind what that must have been like for her. And I think a lot of the the journey, if you will, uh, for Denna. Uh, Like, we just get a lot of destination. with, uh, Like, oh, Denna was here, and then this happened. But if we get the journey with Denna and we take that alongside her, the empathy that we would build for her as readers, I think that it would be highly increased, and you might see a lot of people come around on Denna as a character if they didn't really like her to begin with. Because imagine how much much compassion you'd have for a character that works so hard for all that money and then spends it just on a completely, like, beneficent move to try to show someone she cares about them right i don't know i think and we know why she struggles so we know why quote struggles with vulnerability and we just have this vague sense of like denna also has a tough past and and we also get this sense of like her patron probably beats her Mm -hmm. that's probably hard but we don't get to see that process so i think that it Rothfuss asked people to read between the lines a lot with Denna and this would be a chance to actually uh read the lines <laughs> rather than yeah. between them
1: right no that's exactly right and it's well said uh it's this idea that we need to see build up some empathy for Denna and that might change how we perceive her and Right. The way we get it from Quoth's story, just the nature of Quoth telling a story about himself and then as someone that comes and goes in and out of it, we're not getting the full empathy of her journey, like you said. And I, to me, there's so much power in knowing that and seeing, again, how one life is affected by another and how they then go mm-hmm. off living their life having known Quoth and see what they do and what they're thinking and how their behavior changes and... It brings new meaning to all these moments that have happened, oh. like the loot case and like yeah. the singing in the in the tavern and, and all of those moments. So the campfire situation and w- what it was like seeing "quote" again after the campfire, you know, it's like these are key moments that we all enjoy as readers that we're getting more insight into. Like It's
0: just exciting. Yeah. So, no, yeah. great idea. Yeah, and that moment where he he croaks out that sort of like love me thing to her that just heartbreaking. One of the last scenes in the Wise Man's Fear where they mm-hmm. after they go swimming, he returns her ring. It's that like that like cringeworthy moment from Colt's perspective, and and he's like, oh, uh, like uh, she. She must have just been so thrown off by that moment, and she must not—if she was into me before, she must not be into me now. And it's like we get this this situation after where Fell is like trying to explain what might have happened to Quoth mm. because he's so he's just so in his feelings about Den. It's hard for him to understand what's going on, right. and Fell might have a better read. And we just get these moments of like, what actually was going on for Denna in that moment? Maybe she was just taken aback by how, how much of a gesture it was. What Quoth did, and she didn't really know how to interact either. And kind of seeing Denna fumble and her awkwardness instead yes. of just her external smoothness, right, right? I think would build empathy too. I think, yeah, that would that scene. I would, I
1: would love to read yeah. and just get a sense of what was going through her mind at the time. No, I think that's great, man. And I, unless you have more to add, I think we've done it too. Very exciting fantasy spinoff ideas. I would read either one of these in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, I think it'll take a little bit more than a heartbeat to read the, the, the doorstopper from Pet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I get like you, are saying, you are saying you are excited <laughs> about the ideas, and I'm excited about them too. And yeah, Charles, I'm pumped about, I think mine was, I'm not going to compare. I'm going to say that you had a really brilliant, creative idea, and I would be super excited by it, and I'd also be super excited by getting more Dena perspective, and I really enjoyed chatting with you
1: about these.
0: I felt like I i don't know i don't really have a i got a whole nother perspective by hearing your <laughs> <laughs> by well, hearing your spin-off idea a whole new perspective on the lord of the rings and uh-huh. it's always a pleasure taking well, this wow. journey with you and having these fun conversations that's what it's all about
1: it's what it's all about and dylan it was such a pleasure talking fantasy with you as well i I love talking Kingkiller so much and very few people that I know that exist in this world are as insightful when it comes to the topic of of Denna and Quoth as as you. So being able to revisit this conversation uh, focusing on uh, potentially Denna's backstory and empathy and how that delivers on the story that we know and love from Kingkiller, I, you know, that's we talk about King Killer so much, but it's still a a new perspective, a new way to think about the series and I think that's just great and you know, I think we got a winner here with this new
0: segment. I agree, Charles it's too early I, I'm to excited because I have I didn't know how long we would go on on these when we were first talking through it, but mm-hmm. I'm feeling like So, I came up with a bunch, is what I'm trying to say. I came up with a bunch of different ideas, and I was happy to see that there was enough conversation to be had about just two to fill like an hour of conversation. (laughs) So, I think that I have a lot of other fun ideas things from The First Law, maybe things from I love the first, yeah, uh, things from Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Eames. Wow. uh, Yeah, that one's actually something that he talked about. -hmm. uh, It's a tease. It's a tease. Um, It's
1: a tease, guys. We're teasing it.
0: You know, (laughs) as
1: long as you, we'll we'll see how it goes. Fan reaction, but I, I'm excited. You know, I think this was a great idea, and honestly, now I don't think there's anything left to do but to play the outro music. What do you say, Dylan?
0: Let's get that sweet, sweet outro music pumping, and maybe we can get our pipes, like quoth. Oh, let's get those pipes out. Get that loop yes. going.
1: Here we go. Thank you all so much for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. This has been your co-host, Charles and Dylan. If you like what you heard today and you want to continue the conversation, reach out to us over on Twitter at the FTF Podcast with a number one at the end. We are also on Instagram at the FTF Podcast. That's got a one on the end of it too, right?
0: <laughs> Wait, which one? Instagram? Instagram. There's no one at the no, end of Instagram. Instagram, there's no one. Only Twitter yeah, has the one. Thing oh, thing. I
1: forgot yeah. there for a second. I've only done this That's 120 right, times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so No one can be on every time. You're doing it, Charles. You got <laughs> I appreciate you getting me through this one. But, Dylan, now, if they like what they heard today, they follow us on Twitter at the FTF Podcast with number one at the end. They follow us on Instagram at the FTF Podcast, no number one at the end. And they yes. want to support the show even further. And they just so happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts. What um. can they
0: do? toss five stars to our podcast just find that friends talking fantasy page on the apple podcast app click it the friends talking fantasy thing and then scroll down past all those episodes until you start seeing stars once you're seeing stars the optimal number of stars to click in order to support the show would be five of them if you have a little bit of extra time the writing review is even more helpful for a podcast like ours but just listening is more than enough
1: Guys, just listening more than enough. Thank you so much. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.